All roads lead to the vein. Hey, what's up everyone? Brad Chimalewski here with episode 185 of Shadow the Vein. Holidays are here, Christmas is right around the corner, and SEMC delivered us with a sweet gift. We got the first reveal of 5v5 during the Vanglory Worlds this past weekend. I watched a handful of the games. This week I have Belligerent joining me to kind of talk over some of these games, and then the two of us dive into 5v5, get some thoughts on it, uh, things we were kind of seeing from the matches we saw, pulling stuff from the other MOBAs we know, like Smite and League of Legends, and how things might shake up or could shake up, or just the questions we still have, because uh, I haven't played it. Uh, very few people have. The PBE testers have had a chance to do it. Um, there's uh, a few elite people that are very dedicated, and they got their uh, limelight playing that first match on the stream, so that's pretty awesome for them. I know I've had a handful of them here on the podcast over the years, so very cool to see them uh, playing there a lot and you know, still playing the game because uh, most of them don't play that often on the, the live servers because they're busy with the PBE, so they're, they're always over there, so you don't see them on the live that often. So whew, 5v5 looks awesome. It's still in alpha, so some of those uh, monsters, those treants are just placeholders. The river, the water, oh, that is beautiful. Um, I had this idea when I was doing this podcast called The Lane, about League of Legends, where you could have heroes where if they were on water, they got like a buff moving. And SCMC went a little farther that if you're running with the river, you get a movement speed buff. That's such a good idea. It takes advantage of the terrain more. And I, I like seeing that because, you know, you have these this waterway, you have these jungles, these bushes, like uh, these walls. You need to take advantage of them. They're there why not? You can work around them. But the game looks awesome. Just blown away by the video that they put put out. Um, so Belligerent and I both dive into that quite a bit. We talk also about his podcast that he's doing, The Q. Um, everyone should go over there, subscribe, check it out on iTunes. There should be a link in the description to his channel. So go over there, check it out. He's putting up quite a bit of content um, nearly every day or a couple times a week at this point. Uh, so go check that out. And then I want to mention the Patreon page. Before we jump into this episode, sh- patreon.com slash vein. If you can support the show in any way, that's the place to do it. Uh, love everyone that listens, watches, checks out the show every week, has been supporting and watching for 185 episodes. That's pretty awesome. So thank you, everyone out there who's been doing that. Uh, but Patreon page is there if you want to donate in any other way. Like I said, um, I think in the last episode or the one before that, I need to kind of maybe rethink the rewards or what we're doing there moving into 2018, but stuff to think about with 5v5 coming and that channel and just so much stuff going on right now in Vanglory. It's very exciting and I'm super hyped uh, for everything that's coming. Let's do it. Let's jump into episode 185. Shatter the Vein. This is the 185th episode of Shadow of the Vein. My name is Brad Chmielewski, and it's a podcast all about fan glory. Every week, I try to break down the news, gameplay, game tips, and hopefully, we can all become better players together. Every week, bringing people from the fan glory community, people that love this game, support it, talk about it, make content. And this week, I have Belligerent joining me once again. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Oh, great! It's good to good to have you here. It's been a, a few months, and a, a lot has changed for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Last time we talked, I was right after our. Uh, I was with Gangstars at the time, right after our London uh, championship right. matches. So I, so I think at that point, um, there was a little bit of uh, uncertainty if you were going to stay or what was happening with Gangstars. I think that happens with any team. <laughs> They're right. never sure what right. happens with their players after a season, or their coaches, or their analysts. So. Um, yeah, so that was the last time we talked, and then you uh, 
we switched over to another team and uh yeah i guess yeah talk about like what's been going on a little bit that's probably the best way to start <laughs> well i you know after after leaving gangstars i hooked on with nova um worked with them for i guess a season and a half i kind of hooked on to uh, with them uh after right around the split of the summer season uh we went to live championships in la ended up in the third slash fourth place um ranking since they don't really do a third place match for right, those yeah. ones <laughs> um so and then then went through the the autumn season with them as well and then after that i stepped down just because i didn't have enough time um after you know picking up a a new real-time you know real job and you know even there towards the end of the the autumn season i just wasn't as involved as i felt the team deserved and okay. you know their new at least interim coach i don't know exactly how they're doing it over there but uh left specter uh, he was he was basically kind of acting as coach for the the tail end of that season there, and I would I would show up on Saturdays because I had Saturdays off, so I was able to be there for, you know, kind of our first round of the weekend. Okay. Um, so I just didn't feel that it was right for me to to kind of hang around and and do that to the team, and so I I stepped down from them, and you know that's that's kind of where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. How was it? Uh, I guess. Doing uh, Gangstars and Nova, did you feel like, uh, well, I guess the time time commitment was a little different, but do you feel like uh, the players were as committed on both sides, and do you feel like there were strengths or weaknesses in, I guess, each organization? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult, because like with Gangstars, I was dealing with all 20-something-year-olds, Yeah, and then with Nova, the oldest player on their team was Starboy, who was only 19 at the time, okay. so, you know... <laughs> And you're talking the youngest player, Truth, being 13, I believe. So uh, it was definitely different. It took it took a lot of getting used to, you know, switching from you know Gangstars to Nova. I think that Gangstars better had a better understanding of how to approach things in a professional way, as okay. where a lot of my energy with Nova was spent towards trying to help them how to un, uh, help them understand how to handle things professionally. And, and, you know, I was never fully successful at that, you know, still, it, you know, f- there for a while, I don't, it was no secret that, you know, everybody, everybody knew that Nova was kind of like the trolley team. Sure, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think a big portion of that was, was their age. And, you know, when I first hooked on with them and, first went into our fir- uh, their first uh, scrim it was like chaos i was oh my god what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we they definitely made huge stride strides from when i joined to where they were at when i left as far as you know kind of taking things seriously they weren't quite where i would have liked to see them as a coach but but they they learned and they worked at it uh you know the live event like like i working with nova i fully understand how a team like tribe you know or i think it's probably more specifically zio although any team he's on kind of gets lumped into this whole live buff thing but sure. you know working with nova gave gave me good kind of insight as to how that actually works because you know the guys uh on nova were able to for focus more fully and take things more seriously when it's live because when you're sitting on a stage and you got all these people staring at you you know they're gonna know if you're acting like a dumbass um you know things like that so um i think i think in a way it's probably just younger players that can get that quote-unquote live buff because you know it's like where where do you you know when I was a teenager when you were a teenager where did you behave better when you're sitting in the classroom in front of the teacher or when you're out on the playground at recess and you might be able to get away with it? Sure, yeah, and yeah. you and you want to show you do want to put your best foot forward because you're when you're like twenty or late older people you're like I'm already set in my way or like I I know what I should do so you don't have maybe as much like focus and determination to prove yourself when you're on the stage as someone who's 13 
Right. And, and I think when, uh, you know, as, as you get older and you get more experience, you, you kind of, you know how to handle those situations more as when, you know, when you're younger, when you're in your teens and stuff like that, you, you have that fear of like, if I, you know, if I mess around here on stage, I don't just get to disconnect from my computer. I still have to walk around this place and have <laughs> everybody judging me. Right. I, there's not just the on off switch to being there live. Uh huh. And yeah, I think it was, was it at that event? We saw like uh, some hands didn't get shaked and like, yeah, when you see that happen, it's like amplified, it's amplified. It's on. Yeah. Twitch. I think that was yeah. between uh hammers and, and immortals at right. the time at that one where there were some, <laughs> some of that, of those questionable decisions, but um, you know, and that's, again, I think some, a lot of that had to do with age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's, but that's fun. You got to see like, I guess, two different sides of these organizations that are kind of like uh, the, the age group and what they're doing. They're both like still, still growing gangsters and Nova. So uh, probably need to be a part of that so early for both these. Yeah. And, and, you know, with Nova, it was also a matter of experience. That was the first live event for all of those guys mm-hmm. as where um, I, I think all the entire team of gangsters has been to multiple events. You know, the entire team that I was coaching Iraqi Zeno and wrecked had all been to multiple live events. So, there was a little less, uh, you know, with Nova, there was a lot more of, oh, my God, I get to see all of these friends that I play with all the time. Let me, you know, run around like it's recess and say hi to everybody. As we're <laughs> with Gangstars, it was, you know, they were able to, you know, un- it, it, we were here for business and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. nice. And so now you're not coaching now, but you because you're like a little tied up with the real work and jobs. But you're doing this new thing called the Q, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is a audio, I guess, thoughts on YouTube. Is that the, <laughs> what's the best way well, to describe this? <laughs> I, I think of it as a podcast. Okay. It, it's on iTunes as well. Oh, nice. okay. I, I, that. I used YouTube mainly because I'm cheap and yeah. didn't want to pay, uh, for a service like Libsyn or, right. you know, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, and I was, I was actually going to go with SoundCloud first, but they don't allow you to schedule when it was released. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to, you know, if I wanted to sit down and record three or four episodes in one day and then schedule them to release each day. And I couldn't do that with SoundCloud. So, uh, ultimately that's why it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I didn't realize it was on iTunes. I've only seen or listened to the YouTube versions. It's it's actually, it's actually on iTunes. The easiest way to find it is by, by searching for my name. Cause if you search for the name of the show, there's like a bazillion shows with the word, the Q there's even a couple of other podcasts called the Q, but then you you also get things like podcasts that are talking about, like there was one, I think named the movie Q or something like that. So when I search for it by the Q, it's hard to find when I search, you know, if you search my name because I'm the author, then it, it, it pops right up. So that's why it's audio only on YouTube, but I have kind of dabbled with a couple of other things like, uh, rules of survival as far as doing like some videos. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating doing some uh, Vainglory YouTube videos, but there's already a ton of those out there, so I want it to be something a little different. But yeah, the Q, I I think of it as just a podcast. Okay. Um, still kind of gathering what the or developing, I guess, what the identity of it is, and that's the reason why I went with the name the Q because so many different games and types of games have some type of waiting queue right if you're gonna if you're gonna play with multiple multi if it's like a multiplayer game right. online game you have some type of queue so it didn't lock me into a specific game if i wanted to move on most of the content on there is vainglory uh, it's very possible that i just kind of go full-time vainglory for as long <laughs> as i'm seen because it's what i know it's what most of my time is dedicated to uh-huh. Um, so yeah, what made you, I guess, start that? Was it because you weren't coaching and you kind of wanted to keep, uh, talking about it and adding insight to the community or had this been uh, something that, you were thinking that's about part of it? I, I like talking. Um, <laughs> I have, you know, I've done like live broadcasts, I guess, online before where, you know, it's not a, it's not like a pre-recorded podcast. It's a, you have to show up at seven o'clock every Wednesday night and listen 
Um, I, so I've done those types of shows before, not, not in the video game and other, other genres and other worlds and stuff like that before I got into esports and stuff. And, you know, right before I, I started coaching gang stars, I had a, I had started a podcast called uh, gamer DNA okay. and we only did three episodes, uh, because after we actually recorded, I think like five or six episodes, but I never had time to edit the other three. <laughs> But then I hooked on with gang stars and they were like, you know, we want, you know, kind of your full time attention. So I was so excited to actually get that opportunity. I was like, yeah, I'll give you guys whatever you want. Um, so that that kind of got bailed on. Um, but I've always liked talking. I've always liked doing podcasts, you know, stuff like, you know, talk show type things. So. Right. And that's and, that's kind of why. And then so. For each, uh, I guess, episode of the queue, you kind of you have a topic, right? It's uh, we're here, we kind of run down the news and just a handful of things, but yours are kind of focused on one specific thing for that episode, right? Generally, yeah, that's how it works. Although it is, you know, it's I I wing everything. It's all <laughs> off the top of my head. I don't like, I don't have something where it's like I'm going to talk this subject, this subject, and this subject. So sometimes I tend to ramble off topic. So you might get a couple of topics in each episode, but uh, because I I I originally was going to do them every day, I haven't been able to live up to that commitment. But they're fairly regular, so I try to keep them fairly short. Around like like 15 minutes is my goal. If I'm really on a roll, it'll go 20 25 minutes. But uh, I try and keep them short. Uh, and yeah, about kind of about one subject, uh, whatever thought is on my mind, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, everyday content is tough. Like I try to put up a YouTube gameplay video every day. It doesn't happen all the time. I have that goal, but yeah, stuff just doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and for me, like when I'm doing my podcast, if I found that when I was doing it every day, it was just kind of like I wasn't into it, right? Like yeah. I was just finding content to talk about and it was just kind of blah as where when I really find inspiration in something, I get a lot of good feedback from from those episodes. So I've kind of tried to tone it back and just talk when I have something, you know, that I really want to talk about rather than just filling space. That's cool. And now you have probably a ton to talk about with uh, the 5v5 coming up and all those changes and just like where the game is going. So I'm sure you have plenty of content in the, Oh man, in the queue, right? There's, there's just not enough time. Yeah. I like, I did an episode about 5v5, uh, but there's still so much more to discuss. And, you know, sometimes it all, all, everything that needs to be discussed is, is very difficult when you're, when you're doing a talk show solo and that's how I do most of my shows. Not that I'm opposed to having other people on, but I, I just, I do it solo because of, you know, because my time is, is so kind of random. Sure. It's just when I get time to sit down and record, I record and that's, that's, it's hard to, hard to coordinate that. If I was to do something like with a co-host or something, it's hard for me to go, Hey, I got time. Where are you at? And they're like, well, I don't, I'm left at the store. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's why it's usually solo with me. And so all of the topics that I cover always have so much more to talk about. And some of that so much more to talk about is sparked by hearing other people's thoughts or responses to what I have to say. So, yeah, especially 5v5, so much to talk about and never enough time, even though I did a full episode kind of giving my thoughts on the 5v5 thing. Like, there's, there's never enough time. Well, I guess that kind of... But it's perfect here that I'm glad you were able to make time tonight because we'll dive into it. And that's probably a great segue uh, to talk about, one, the worlds, and then 5v5. Those are kind of the two big news topics this week. Vain Glory News. I think we should start with uh, the worlds. We'll sum, the, sum that up quickly kind of run through that because that's a almost old news now if you didn't watch them <laughs> or didn't read the yeah. uh, plenty of broken myth articles i'm sure time for rolling has an episode already out <laughs> running down it but i uh, think time for rolling did an episode every single day on it so they did four episodes over yeah. the course of worlds so, <laughs> so i'm coming at it late here so i'll just kind of <laughs> recap it a little bit and to be honest 
I didn't watch a lot of them because of the time zone they were in. I'd maybe catch one game before I'd go to sleep, uh, whatever series that was, and then it would be back on as I was wait, getting up in the morning, getting ready for work, kind of doing that, see what the end of the day looked like. And then if there was anyone else throughout the day, I'd kind of listen or watch something if I could. Um, yeah, and, and well, let's be honest, they didn't make it easy either, and not even just the time frame, but the technical difficulties, and and that's not like I'm not trying to beat up SEMC. I can't imagine what goes into you know broadcasting one of those things, but like I I requested days off from work to kind of enjoy the event, and right. I was planning on pulling all nighters, and then I remember that I'm old and I can't pull <laughs> all nighters all the time, but like I would be there ready at you know my time. They were starting at eleven o'clock, and I'm. I'm like, all right, I can put in a good two, three hours, right. whatever, you know, and, and see most of them and catch up. And then it's like technical difficulties, technical difficulties. I think the first uh, day one, the groups, it didn't start. It was like three hours late. Yeah, that was that was probably the worst way they could start their big event in the world. <laughs> three yeah. hours late, bad audio. Uh, they went for a half hour with no audio before they finally decided realized to it i don't know like how do <laughs> yeah. you i'm sure there's people watching it but yeah but mine is those hip up hiccups on the day one they sort of they got it straightened out day two was a little couple day, day two i think they were a little bit late an hour late maybe because they wanted to make sure everything was right <laughs> and then i believe three and four went off without a hitch yeah um, so uh, so that was good yeah i i think that you know it was like con it was like SEA problems. I think if you're in SEA and you have internet <laughs> problems, it was like so appropriate for just, I feel like, what we think SEA internet problems for Vanglory is. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of feel like you're, you're always seeing a tweet from, from Vanglory going, all of the servers are up except for SEA. <laughs> right. So makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then the, the brackets, the teams, uh, tribe made it all the way through and it ended up winning this whole thing which was a surprise to me we were talking about Zeno's uh live buff thing but um I had him out in my bracket in the first round I thought maybe they were just they were going off this high of uh the Vanglory 8 and weren't gonna cut it uh once they hit the stage man was I uh was I wrong <laughs> yeah, like I had tried getting out of groups because you know I don't know a lot about the 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 other region, so you know it's it's hard for me not to give probably yeah. more credit than some of our teams deserve to them. But I didn't see like them being last in their group, uh, but I didn't see like I. Mo obviously this the whole tournament didn't work out like anybody thought because I'm pretty sure after day one all of the uh, the the brackets that everybody filled out were shot to hell. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but you know just just thinking about how it, it played out, like when they went up against Cloud Nine, and I said this in my podcast as well, I didn't think Tribe had a chance because no. Cloud Nine was steamrolling everybody. They were under like they didn't even drop a game going into that match and yeah. so like i didn't think tribe stood a chance and yeah i think all the the tweets leading up to it were like c9 has this whole thing in the bag unless like there's no way they can lose this they're playing so great like you said undefeated so far and then tribe came in and maybe it was overconfidence by cloud nine it's tough to say there but yeah yeah i mean <laughs> All of us out here, you know, kind of talking about it or tweeting about it or whatever, we're never going to know what happened with Cloud9. Something happened that was more than just their execution because their drafting was off. Like Tribe made them look right. like made them look ridiculous in the draft. It was I mean, it was that bad, in my opinion, as far as how bad Tribe outdrafted Cloud9. And so there was there was legitimately something going on there. Yeah, they, I feel like maybe they just got in their own head. They like overthought those drafts, thinking. Yeah, well, and I think that's probably the, those. You know, uh, Cloud Nine and Tribe. Tribe is Cloud Nine's main scrim partner, so I, I think some of that got 
to the mm, like they overthought things right they're yeah. like we scrim against these guys all the time so we kind of know what they want to do so let's let's you know like if you look at the very first match where cloud nine first picks adagio and then second picks vox well they're i mean they're completely targeting zeo and his hero pool <laughs> but zeo has a pretty big hero pool yeah uh and then they put themselves in like this corner where like all right, we we stole these two heroes from Zeo, but now our draft is, you know, crap. So <laughs> it was it was just things like that that I think messed them up because if you look at the, and and it wouldn't be the first time that Cloud9 has done that. And it also wouldn't be the first time that a team has has had that happen to them when they go up against Tribe, you know, mm-hmm. think TSM from Summer Championships where like they for whatever reason they just can't figure tribe out because they overthink things like if you if you look at cloud nine like when they play teams that they just don't know they don't they don't think about all this additional stuff when it comes to drafting right they just they make you draft the way that they want you to draft yes i just yeah that's just so weird that Maybe they'll, they'll learn from this. They'll see what they did and kind of realize that. So or hopefully moving forward for them. Right. <laughs> uh, the I think one of the bigger surprises was TSM just kind of falling apart on that uh, second day. And just uh, well, it was technically the first day. It oh, was just they had so many. That's right. It, it was groups. They didn't like TSM didn't make it out of groups. Yeah. Uh, but it happened on the second day because of all the technical difficulties they had on the that's first day. Right, so yeah, it was yeah. before the official day two started. But uh, yeah, TSM for how much we or everyone gives them credit for for flashes drafting, uh, it just falls apart when uh, Von C doesn't get ahead to carry the game. That's kind of just usually what happens. If Von C's not ahead and can't just be the monster that he wants to be, the team can't do anything. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, that I think a lot of people probably feel kind of robbed by TSM because, I mean, and I know I do to a certain extent. I mean, I got into the coaching side of it, and so I got involved with other things and was no longer looking at it as a fan, but... Like going into Worlds last year, I was even less experienced with other regions, and I didn't think like anybody had a chance to beat TSM. And then this team named Phoenix Armada, who I personally had never heard of at the time, comes in and just dominates everybody. And then so I'm like, you know what? TSM is this TSM is this team that is just gonna like hyper focus and just make just clean everything up and they'll be back. And, you know. If you look at the spring season, it looked like that, right? They just they were number one team, dominant until they got to the live event, and then Cloud Nine beats them, and then we they come back after that and go into the summer season, and like they they don't drop um you know they win the first four weeks, which nobody else has ever done in the VGA, <laughs> and then they kind of do TSM things, so nobody even thinks about it in the second half of the the summer season where they, you know, they start trying other things and they start dropping matches, but they're still well in first place. And then we go to summer lives and tribe beats them. It's like, what, what's going on? Yeah. They have like the live debuff. They have the live debuff or something. (laughs) And I think we honestly have to question how much of this whole like flash retiring quote unquote, you know, thing was looming over them and how much of like, how much was flash stepping back and letting, von c and chuck run the show and how much of that was affecting them and like those are things only they know and and honestly maybe they'll never know because maybe they can't not everybody is great at self-assessment so you know just because it's happening to you maybe you still don't realize it but i as outsiders will never know but i can i mean i i'm gonna speculate and say i think that a lot of that stuff had to do with their performances this year yeah, but I guess yeah, you would think that they want to perform extra hard because Flash is retiring and want to want to show go out on the top, right? So. Right. Well, I yeah, that's you know that's what they want, but at the same time, when they were going through all that, you know, we're gonna let Chuck and Von C decide whether they want Flash or Lucky Bread, you know, starting each week. I mean, really. <laughs> really, like, really. <laughs> You know, no, that's not how it works. Um, and so, 
there was there was just so and and when they get into it's weird because like we I always think of TSM as kind of the they're like the trailblazers right they're like they're the ones that come up with that Captain Koshka uh, flashes the the first one that makes Churnwalker work once yeah. he's released and like. In, in the first weekend of Chernwalker's release, like, he becomes insta-ban against Flash. That's how good he is when no other team can win with Chernwalker. You know, and they're, they're always, like, they're always looking ahead, and they're always the ones that pull out these weird drafts that nobody in, in the Western region, nobody is brave enough to do or nobody even thinks about. But then they get into the, to the live events, and we don't see any of that innovation come out. It's just kind of by the book type stuff and they start getting out drafted. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's weird. And it's disappointing. Right. Yeah. And even, even this time at worlds, like you said, that innovation, we didn't see it from really anyone. It was kind of straight play. Most of the time, no crazy picks. Uh, Well, I think the closest team to an innovator was probably impunity. Uh, you know, they broke out like the weapon power Batiste one match. And oh, I missed that just, one. Okay. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. They just like, uh, I forget. They were playing against, uh, oh, Team Kraken. Okay. And I believe Team Kraken's carry is like God status with Celeste. Yeah. And so Impunity picks the Celeste from them and then. So Kraken, I believe, picked a dive comp. I want to say it was Kashka and Rona mm-hmm. to to kind of dive on the Celeste and blow her up. And then Impunity picks this Batiste, right? Because he's really good at the the peel and locking people down with the Ordain. And everybody on the stream thought that they were going double CP. Right. And then we get into the game and they go weapon power Batiste. And weapon power Batiste into that comp was a monster. Okay, so, I'm going to have to go yeah. back and watch that one. I yeah, you got to go back. and I, I don't remember w- exactly which match it was, uh, but, yeah, it was Impunity versus Team Kraken. Mm-hmm. So they, they were innovative, and and I think they were they were probably – and that they made it to the – right to the semifinals. They made it – you know, they took fourth place in the match, and, and I don't think a lot of people were giving them that much credit, but no. I think they made it that far because of their – their innovative drafts and drafting off meta and not being scared to be a team that's going to draft what works versus what's meta. And I think that's what's always made teams like Cloud9 and TSM strong. And I can I can tell you from personal experience trying to draft against them, right? They don't care about what's meta. They care about what's going to work into your comp. Yeah. And like the thing with Cloud9 and what's made them so strong and such a pain to draft against is that their players can basically play everybody. So if there's a hero that's weak in the meta, but a strong counter to what you pick, they're still going to play him and they're still going to do good on him. Um, But we didn't like I didn't see that from them. I mean, when we saw it from Cloud9 in the first two rounds, but then when they faced Tribe, like we didn't see that. Yeah, we like, saw Tribe doing that to them. Yeah, like we said, they uh, thought about it too much rather than thinking about what's what's good, what's going to work. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to Tribe. Like you said, uh, Phoenix Armada won last year and Tribe won this year, and they were both teams that were acquired uh, short, like just before these events. So uh, that's pretty amazing. Spent... A lot of money, I'm sure, for the organizations on both sides for those players to get that world's title. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I talked to uh, somebody from one organization. I won't say which organization or who it is, uh, but I talked to somebody who told me that they had they also had the opportunity to acquire uh, Immortals when Immortals sold that team. And they said that the price was so high that the only way that they could have broken even or maybe made a little bit of profit was if the team went all the way in one world and they just they weren't they weren't ready to make that kind of of gamble especially i mean and and really can you fault them the way that cloud nine just right. destroyed everybody right like i mean i wouldn't have made that bet but it you know it turns off turns out to pay off for chief pat um 
but yeah, that's so I know that the price tag was high. I don't know what it was, but that was kind of the description that was given to me. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, go back and you know probably watch the the finals. I know a tribe did uh, lose a game there, so they didn't clean sweep it. Uh, yeah, so. they did drop a game, and there was at least one other game where it looked like Ace was going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were a couple of times where I'm you know I'm I was watching it and going, oh, Ace is going to make a series of this, and it just it never happened. Uh, so, but I think it was a great. I think series to watch and uh, it didn't show NA just like stomping. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't stop except for maybe the fourth and final game. Mm-hmm. If I recall, it feels like one of them was just like a curb stomping, but they were all uh, very competitive other than maybe one of them. Yeah, so definitely worth the watch. Uh, but then I think besides that, the whole series and event happening. We also got all the first reveal of 5v5. All those drip, drip, drips we've been getting um, of new items, new, I guess, uh, here, new monsters, just layouts are finally here. We got to see it in all its glory. Um, and it, it looks beautiful. They talked about for a long time about the polygon count and the fog of war that's added for the first time on mobile. And... Yeah, it it just looks pretty. What were your first thoughts seeing it? Well, my first thought seeing it was that I was I was amazed because you know I'm part of the PBE, so I've I've had access to play five e five for probably the last two months or so. Oh. But but so lately I haven't I haven't had the time because they do like these PBE tests testing is like really late at night and I have to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning <laughs> for work. So I just haven't been able to be a part of it more than like three or four times Mm -hmm. but back when i was when i actually did get a chance to go play it and see it like none of this artwork was there it was it was very like it wasn't like you know just outlines there was actually a map there but all of the like the all of the flora and the statues and stuff like that just wasn't there so i was just shocked by the look and the artwork and how well that it's come together. And they say they're not even done with it yet. So I can't wait to see where it's going to end up as far as aesthetics when they're done with this thing. Right. There's some monsters that are still treants that are going to be a frog. And I think a couple other golden toad, golden toad or something like that. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Uh, you know, when I first, the very first, uh, five V five that I played, um, Ghostwing and Black Claw were Krakens. Okay. There wasn't a dragon. There was it was a Kraken to go take. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I guess I'm a I'm a little sad to see the Kraken uh be gone and replaced with these uh two different dragons, but uh maybe that separates the uh, the this map versus the three v three map, so it feels like they are completely different rather than just like oh yeah, Krakens in both of them. It's the yeah, same, I, but bigger. I kind of agree with you. Like, I think Kraken is kind of like, you know, Kraken is like, look at this trophy that was on stage, right? Kraken is the icon of Vainglory. Mm-hmm. And for that to not be there makes me a little sad. Like, you know, even if you wanted to intro- introduce like the Black Claw, this new badass dragon that marches down the lane, helps you, you know, take turrets, maybe you, you know, you make the the ghost wing thing the one that gives you the buff look like a kraken or something like that i think there could have been a way to keep kraken in there yeah i'm a little disappointed that they didn't but you know it is what it is i in in four or five months once we're all playing 5v5 nobody will care nobody will even remember the kraken right unless you go back and if 3v3 survives at all <laughs> yeah well i i think i mean they've they've already said that 3v3 is going to stay part of the game and you know i personally think it's a good idea to keep it as as an option in the game because you know because i think of things like i think of my daughter she's 12 she's not like truth from nova type 12 year old she's a regular 12 year old <laughs> you know who is not like this this vainglory genius right so i i can pit like i picture her trying to go into a 5v5 match and just like having no clue what to do just being overwhelmed with the size and the scope of how to play a 5v5 match mm-hmm. as where like 3v3 
I know that a lot of us probably don't remember when we were brand new to Vainglory and, and running around it like a bunch of idiots, but, you know, 3v3, she can, you know, put on her Taka, her Kashka, and kind of wander around the jungle, but 3v3 is so contained that, you know, players like her are never really going to, like, on, a, on the 5v5 map, right, like, you could you could go get lost in that jungle for the entire match, right? <laughs> right. And your team's like, what are you doing? As we're 3v3, you like eventually have to run into people even if you don't yeah. understand the concept of a MOBA. So I think for, for especially for younger, more casual players, 3v3, you know, is going to be a lot easier for them to process. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder moving forward if we'll see the ranked, either casual or ranked in 3v3, just merge back to one because... At that point, maybe you don't need both of them. But that's that. We should stay to the five v five talk. That's all speculation. Right. <laughs> uh, but when I first saw, I guess I watched a couple of the matches that they played. Uh, seeing everyone run around, I feel like ever, the lanes and the jungle look very big compared to something like uh, League of Legends, where uh, you can fit maybe like two heroes, three heroes in that lane, and it feels like very full. Uh, there's something like. Uh, grand looking about the map and i don't know if if that's good or bad i haven't played it and this is just me watching it and it could have been the spectator client so it, that does that yeah um well uh, the spectator client makes everything look bigger <laughs> uh, i don't know if people have noticed that but like i've watched these the i you know watching vg8 matches and i see like you know the circle that pops up when you know an ability is like incoming or something like that i'm like that thing's not that big when i play yeah uh, so it makes everything look bigger when they broadcast it on the spectator map but um i don't know if it's i kind of like it mm-hmm uh, I will tell you that the very first 5v5 match I played, I was completely useless to my team because I was lost wandering around just trying to figure out what all this stuff did. Right. Um, so it, it was very overwhelming for me. And I have some 5v5 MOBA experience, not League of Legends. I tried that. I made it through the tutorial. <laughs> when I got to the point of opening up the shop in my first, like, try, you know, practice match and saw like 8,000 items. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't need that much. That's just wait. That's like, you know, um, that's overwhelming. So I've never been a league of legends player. I've never, I've never even watched Dota on Twitch. So I don't even know what that looks like. Um, but like with smite, it, you know, smite is my main five V five experience. Okay. And you know, like the, when I think about the way that it compares, like the vainglory map, feels like if to me it feels different enough okay because the smite map like when i play it feels very like enormous like when you're in your lane like you're in your lane <laughs> and then there's a whole nother world out there um it, and so you can have like an entire team fight in the lane i you know i you say league has more narrow lanes um, yeah, it felt like the, closer corridors, like we know from 3v3. I guess that's how League feels. Okay, bit. yeah. Um, so, like, I know with Smite, like, the difference, it, like, on the, the scale compared to the Heroes type stuff, uh, you know, Smite was, to me at least, felt, feels very large, okay. uh, kind of like you're saying that the Vainglory map does. But where I think it differs is, like, watching, like, this the the vainglory map there's so many different like angles and openings and bushes and stuff for people to like try and pull off a gank right yeah um, as, as where like on smite it's like okay i know like you can come out of that spot or that spot <laughs> and if you try and come out from behind me my turret and, or my towers are going to kill you before you ever even make it here so i'm not worried about that as where with like you know, Vainglory, it's like, oh my God, there are so many. So it's like a, a, play, a person, a laner who's playing it safe can have like this long build up laning phase, which is kind of what 3v3 is missing, right? Mm -hmm. You have like a five minute laning phase and then all chaos breaks out. Uh, it was It was actually really nice watching the 5v5 happen and actually just seeing like, look, there's actually a laning phase. Uh, but there, I, 
to me, it felt like there's enough angles, openings, and stuff like that where if somebody, if you have a laner that tends to overextend, if you have a laner that's a little more brazen with their their player, their positioning, there's plenty of angles for them to get ganked. Right. Like I remember the SEA team, I believe the player's name was Chingy, uh, was playing Glaive both games and like just you know pulling off ganks. Mm-hmm. Like if you weren't paying attention, you you know, and just all over the place. So. Yeah, like you said, like those, uh, like it's Smite or uh, League, like you can't, going and proxying waves and things like that, uh, it's very risky and hard, and it looked like in the Vanglory map, like you could easily go behind the turret and not get hit and walk around and just be safe, proxy the wave, move on, (laughs) and dip back in the jungle. It was kind of, uh, uh, that's maybe what makes me think of it as like big or... uh, just having all this space for you to like move around in. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm, I, I kind of think back to what they originally told us was their kind of their goal and their idea behind the five V five map. I don't know if they quite accomplished it, at least the way that I envisioned it, but maybe because of like the scale of the map and like what you're, you know, how wide these lanes are. Cause I remember, I don't know if anybody else does, but I remember they told us that they were, their intent was to design a map where it had very specific areas. Like there was going to be wide open areas where ranged heroes were going to oh, that's right. be stronger and more powerful because there wasn't, there just really wasn't any place for the assassins to like jump on them. And then there were going to be, you know, more areas with more, you know, dense ganking opportunities. And so I think like, with them having these wide open lanes where you can have all these big team fights and not necessarily the best, you know, proximity to try and gank somebody from a bush. I think maybe they accomplished that a little bit because in the jungle, there's like bushes all over the place. There are a lot of bushes. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, in the, uh, North America versus, uh, Southeast Asia match. I remember like there was this, one little side bush where like they fit three of them in it and just mobbed on this one poor guy that walked <laughs> by. Um, so yeah, there, I, I think to, and to a certain extent they, they accomplished what they had originally told us that they were trying to do. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, watching some of these matches, it right now looks like chaos out there because one, none of us really know how this map works where everything is and no one there's no meta yet right it's just like uh, we're kind of playing it the same way but we're trying to use these uh, ideas or tactics from other MOBAs but at the same time we're Vanglory players and we want to fight all the time <laughs> right yeah like you I, you know I saw some of that coming from Von C where it's like yeah, you know, he still has like this no fear just fight even though there's like four of them and one of him and right. <laughs> you know, he's lost in the jungle somewhere nobody knows where he's at and you know it was interesting watching you know how like at least the possibilities of how some of the macro play is gonna is gonna work out with the rotations and stuff because like in the the NA versus SEA match like NA was constantly, you know, grouping up for team fights of like three and four, but like Flash just stayed up in the top lane farming with Jewel. Okay. <laughs> it never came down until like he, you know, it's he makes this spectacular play where the other four get wiped out and the other, you know, the the SEA team is trying to take uh, Ghostwing. And he kind of wanders over there behind it. He drops one of those scout cameras or whatever, the webcams. I don't know what they're called. The scout cams, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, you can apparently place it distances away from you rather than just on the path that you walk to. Um, so he places one over the wall without them noticing, I guess, so he can see what's going on and makes this great steal on the ghost wing all by himself. And then takes that buff that he gets from Ghostwing and turns it into going over and getting, you know, taking uh, Black Claw. <laughs> um, so, like, seeing the way that some of this, you know, where you have... And that's that's where I think we're going to see players make their way into the pro level 
that we didn't previously before because if you can do what flash was doing on that jewel where you can just stay in the top lane and hold that lane and do your farm and we don't have to think about you or worry about you as far as you know coming up to save you and stuff yeah you know somebody who's just really good at farming and playing safe can find their way onto a pro team as where before if you're not you know, high, don't have a high mechanical skill and you're not great at team fighting, there's just not a place for you in That's 3v3. True, yeah. As where 5v5, if you can hold the lane, much like Flash did uh, in the top lane for a good probably half of that match of NA versus SEA, you know, you can find a spot mm-hmm. on a pro team. That's that's true, yeah. This is going to open up the play for a lot of people, especially, I think, junglers too, people that can roam and look at the map as a whole like take that all in and be like where do i need to be i'm gonna go here uh gank right do things like that uh that can think of it bigger than just like like you said mechanics like all right i gotta make sure i get all this off at the right moment and hit them yeah, here be- and <laughs> because with with the right mix of players like if you you don't even have to be a great team fight, uh, you know, great mechanical skill is because I think like being in the right place at the right time is going to be more important than being able to fight. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Especially if you have three other high skill mechanical players that can fight. You know, if you're just really intelligent about your rotations, if you're a jungler, like if you look at the scope of that map and the fog of war, like you brought up and how many bushes there are, like a smart jungler could probably do massive jungle rotations if they're very good on the timing of the like the respawns and when to do their rotation. Like you could go through the enemy's jungle and take all the camps without them ever knowing you're there, minus the the scout cams and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But you know, if you're just making all kind of akin to what T Tigers was doing to everybody in the world, right? Like, I'm not going to give you any of your jungle because I'm just going to be that much further ahead of you in the rotations. I'm just that much better at my timing. Right. There's, there's even more opportunity for like a jungler to starve out the opposing enemy's jungle and, and never, you don't have to be a great fighter uh, you don't have to have a high mechanical skill because if you're smart enough to be there when they're not you know so so there's some opportunities there that i don't think were there before right yeah um and it looked like from a lot of these matches that heroes with these aoe abilities are probably going to be the top pick uh, for the beginning part of once 5v5 is released because seeing a art and gauntlet come down and trap you know half the team in that's a small space now for five people to, or four people even to be standing in or a celeste yeah, it ultimate is, it, it's you know, going to hit someone <laughs> that's one of the you know you bringing that up is one of the one of the other reasons i'm hugely disappointed that they got rid of the the echo gauntlet <laughs> because you know you're right like on this this big map with all these bodies a, a gauntlet is really chaotic place to be but now if you can just pop a reflex block and get out of it you know because you don't have that venn diagram gauntlet to confuse everybody you know i would have loved to see that play out in the chaos of a full 5v5 team fight maybe and it could always come back you know they may see that it's not as uh, toxic or confusing as it is currently and now with 5v5 we can try this again yeah, I, you know, I don't know how you felt about it, but I know when I, you know, their their explanation for it was just something that frustrated the players. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the point of, <laughs> of a game. <laughs> what I'm doing to the opposing team is to frustrate them. And I could probably think come up with a list of five to ten other abilities that are a thousand times more frustrating than the the Venn diagram gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Why are those in the game? Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully they reconsider this. But yeah, <laughs> uh, anything else from five v five that you saw that uh, we haven't touched on, or anything you're seeing? Like- uh, you know, like just and I and I said this in one of my podcasts before, but it just felt like the game grew up. I I uh, was yeah. not like I was not nearly as excited about five v five as everybody else because I was like, you know, the three v three version of the game is great. I really enjoy it you know, vainglory now, not that I'm anti 5v5, but I just like, 
okay, if it gets here, it gets here. Not that big a deal. I like what I got. Right. It was like, a, uh, do I need it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I watched it, and it's just like this game grew up, and you're like, you know what? This is a real game now. Like, this is a game that's worthy of me sitting on my butt and staring at Twitch for hours at a time. Uh, you know, it's like, so just watching the ebbs and the flows and because let's face it, in 3v3, except for some very rare instances, at about six, seven, eight minutes into the match, you know who's winning. Right, yeah. Right, you you could probably have a 75% guess rate of who's going to win at the eight-minute mark, if not better. Mm-hmm. If you watch, and, and for anybody listening, if they haven't watched, go back and watch the NA versus SEA. I'm sure EA versus SEA was just as good, but I paid more attention to the NA <laughs> match. But to see how many times that match goes back and forth, like it starts out, especially when when Flash makes his his God play, which I got to say, it's not fair that Flash has been such a legend at 3v3. And the very first time he plays 5v5, he pulls off this God, this like legendary play. It's not fair that he's that good. (laughs) Um, But he pulls off this play when he's the only player alive and that completely swings the match into NA's favor. And it just looks like they're going to just dominate this re- the rest of the game. They start pushing down turrets and stuff like this, but then SEA comes back and then, you know, so they start, they start fighting back. They start getting kills. They start getting some momentum back, but then some of the NA guys start like trying to, to backdoor the top lane. I think it was because they had all of the turrets down and they like, so there's this t- there's this point where SEA is pushing in, but then the other two are trying to backdoor. So SEA has to like port back to defend, and like just the ebb and the flow of the match, like there's the opportunity for such a roller coaster of emotion to happen now, as opposed to like three v you know in three v three for that type of emotional roller coaster that happened, you need somebody like starting all over to one v three the entire gangstars team who is up fifteen kills to nothing <laughs> and make like this miraculous comeback like he did this past season. That's what you need for that type of roller coaster of emotion that it, and it happens like once a season. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? As where like in just this one match, like I think who you thought was going to win probably changed a good four or five times throughout the course of this match. Mm -hmm. And And that makes it so much more exciting for me. Yeah. And like you said, uh, watching it now on Twitch, it's going to be feel a lot more fun because of these matchups you've now seen on three V three, uh, over and over, like how many times can you watch Ringo into Vox or Vox into someone else? And now you're going to see these heroes, uh, with different matchups in new lanes, with the chaos that's happening elsewhere on the map. So it it is a completely new game coming out and yeah. just with the same heroes and items that you've uh, are accustomed with. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really exciting but at the same time it's it's a little a little scary because like I how, I I'm I'm expecting that there's going to be many more matches that are either going to be on an alternate stream or that we're just not going to get to see because I mean, when you think about how long the day of a VG eight already goes, right. but now you're extending these matches an extra 15, 20 minutes each. Yeah, that could be, that could be rough. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's either going to have like, they're either going to have to just change it to just like, eu and just na on like separate streams and you can watch them all day or i don't know exactly how they're going to work it out but it can't it's not going to be the same as it was uh with the different you know with the longer times that Mm -hmm. the the matches are going to take so that's a little scary um as far as how that's going to work and and you know there's there's some there's got to be some anxiety about how all this is going to work right as well as some excitement Cause right, so we like everyone gets this five v five mode in February. Uh, then the next season of uh, Vanglory starts around there. The spring season, I think, probably starts in March. So now are the players? Are these teams playing on five v five? Probably not, because that's a little too soon. And everyone's just gonna want to watch these five v five matches play out from these pro players. So then three v three is gonna be happening and. 
is right. Well, I suspect the audience is gonna possibly hurt that first season if they stick with three v three. So I no, I see now. I don't. I don't have any like insider knowledge. Nobody has told me this for certain, but I suspect we've seen the end of three v three competitive. Okay. I think it's going to five v five. I I suspect that the pro teams like the pro teams already have their own server that they play on during the competitive matches. Right. Yeah. Uh, Everybody calls it the tourney server, the tournament server. So I suspect that all pro teams, the turn, I suspect the tournament server will be updated uh, for five V five access. So as soon as they release the early access for all the golden ticket people, I suspect that that will also get released on the tournament server for all the pro players so they can start getting practiced up. Right, because it makes no sense to have one season of 3v3. Yeah, right, because how are you going to... How are you going to... And I think the seasons are probably going to change as well. I don't know. We'll see. But like you, I don't think you can do a season of 3v3 with that ending in like it did this year where if you win the championship you get a spot in worlds well how are you going to do that if it's based <laughs> on 3v3 yeah i was like i won 3v3 and worlds is on 5v5 but it's yeah. cool <laughs> well and and it's kind of weird think about it for uh teams like uh vision and who was the other challenger team that won i forget what they were called uh, um totally uh, team hat was it hazard is that the name of it Possibly. Oh. I don't remember. <laughs> Whoever the like I remember one of the players' name was Hello Kitty. Yeah. I don't remember I don't remember the name. Like we look, we've already forgot about the challenge battles. I know, and there are new right? teams that are coming yeah. in this so, season. So now these these two teams just won their spot in the VG eight based on three V three and oh, you never get to play three V three, now you gotta do five V five. So that's gonna be a little awkward. Yeah, and then like you said with the chaos of all that does the challenger now the challenger has to become 5v5 if the <laughs> yeah i imagine bis would have to be 5v5 as well oh my gosh yeah there's a and lot that's of moving a, yeah. pieces here yeah i already feel bad enough for dragonborn trying to coordinate all of that now it's going to be 5v5 yeah wow yikes good good luck to everyone who's behind the yeah. scenes running these tournaments <laughs> and having a, basically a new game to set up for <laughs> you know, like I I haven't even heard a sniff of this. So anybody listening to me, just don't like take this with a grain of salt, I guess. But I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if like there are no there's no challenger battles next year. OK, right. Like, I mean, it's already going to be a big enough mix up. It's already going to be hard enough for all eight teams to find a solid five man roster. I wouldn't be shocked if they just decide, hey, we're not going to mix things up and let other teams earn their way back in until, you know, for a year while we get this kind of calm down. Right. Because, like, Gangstars, you know, they didn't keep their spot in Bangalore 8, but another team that's coming in there that's not really a signed org, maybe they just pick up those players, add a couple more from Gangstars on it, and stay in the Bangalore 8. That's yeah, or you know, I mean, I I also wouldn't be surprised if like Gangstars ends up buying a team, yeah. or you know, the the team that we can't think about that doesn't already have an organization. Like Vision has an org; they're signed to you know, Vision is the org. Um, but you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if just I won't be surprised if we see Gangstars back in the VG8 <laughs> without them having to earn their way back in. Is all right, I'm saying. Yeah. I. I know nothing as far as that goes, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. You know, kind of like what uh, who was it? Echo Fox. Right. Echo Fox did that, even though that team just immediately dropped back down into challengers. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Like if it was me running the show, that's probably what I would do. I like I'm gonna put a hold for a year for the challenge battles because like. If we really want 5v5 to be successful, we need the orgs that have been carrying us this whole time to have an opportunity to figure this out. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's what I would do. Man, so much to change here in the next coming uh, months. Um, It's it's like I said at the beginning, (laughs) there's never enough time to talk about all the stuff we got to talk about, man. Um, So I I haven't got my golden ticket yet. I'm going to try to open up some chests here. Did you grab, did you score one yet? I scored one on the uh, glitched box, yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Luckily, 
like I didn't at the time I didn't know it was glitched. Just I had just got home, sat down. I didn't even know that the chests were in the the market yet. And my friend on Discord posts a screenshot of him getting a golden ticket. And then so I went, Oh, I opened it up. He got his on like the second try. I've seen people get him on the first try. It took me like ten tries. But I still got it during that 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 brief period of the oops that happened man i should have i should have jumped on that i'm gonna spend a bunch of opals but i you know have all the skins so i can afford these opals but i kind of just hoping you know maybe i can just get access so i can talk about it right (laughs) well you know and and hopefully you have you know if you get to buy a bunch of chests hopefully you have kind of the luck that i had when i because out of my 10 i'm it's somewhere around 10 like i didn't count but out of the 10 chests if it was 10 like i got an additional two rare chest keys and i think at least every other chest i was getting like 20 to 30 opals because i would get a a duplicate skin because i have all the skins too so i get a duplicate skin so they give me opals instead of the skin and you know there'd be another like five opal card in there and stuff like that so the 50 opals per chest was really cut in half for most of my chests all right, so, so I'll probably, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be I, trying here soon. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know where to find my opal balance, so I don't know how many opals I actually went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of UI stuff that is questionable yeah. too. <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, I think it's on your, isn't it on like your... In your, your marketplace. Your, Sorry, Mark. No, it's not no. in the marketplace anymore. Uh, all at least all I see is ice and glory, but I think it's on your profile page. Like if you hit the little banner down uh, at the bottom, okay. I think that's where it shows you. Now that I think about that's it, nice. but I knew I had a boatload of opals and nothing to spend them on until they release rhyme for opals, which I'm assuming they're doing since it's a SE skin. Probably at some point, yeah. So like I've been waiting for that, and they're <laughs> like, oh, here's a, you know, and I'm thinking because they said that they were gonna release a special box that would have a chance for the golden ticket. You know, if people wanted to pay for it, I'm going great. Now I gotta go buy ice, and I went, oh, there's an opal box. Let me spend some opals. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that was smart of them to do that for, because you know, it's a good thing for the players that have been playing for a long time to use it that way to right. get this access. So. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode like we you said we could continue talking for a long time oh, yeah. on this <laughs> we'll do we'll let you uh probably record some stuff make some more content uh belligerent thanks for joining me this was great oh yeah i had a blast thanks for having me on uh where's the best place for people to find you get in touch uh, uh best place the stuff. best place to find me is on twitter at belligerent blg three rnt underscore vg uh, that's the best place to find me. Uh, that's if you want to find my podcast. That's probably the easiest place because I don't have enough subscribers for a custom uh, YouTube channel yet. Or like if you like want, a... I think it's a hundred. Yeah, I'm at like fifty nine or okay. sixty something like that. So need a few more before I can get that. But and if you want to find the show on iTunes, just search for my name. Don't try and search the name of the show. Just blg3 rnt and that'll pull up the show because i'm listed as the author so that's the easiest way to find it so you can get us on the the podcast app thing whatever that does i never use it but i know <laughs> awesome well, i'll include uh, links in the description so everyone should go check that out um, awesome awesome and then you can subscribe to Shadow the vein as well when you're over there uh also goes up on youtube as well and twitter at Shadow the vein and i'll be back uh next week with 186 probably talking more 5v5 as we you know learn some more get some more details that update 2.12 is going to be here before we know it probably that first or second week in january so get ready for that yeah absolutely all right take care all right have a good one Let's get this over with.